everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And about two years ago, we had a few members of the Alaska Gymnastics community on our show, fresh off the news that the program was at risk for being cut. They had a long road ahead of them at the time, having to raise $888,000. But here we are, they're back, and the gymnastics program at Alaska is officially saved. This week, we're joined by head coach Marie-Sophie Bagash and rising sophomores Allie McClure and Marcella Bonifaci to talk about some of their fundraising efforts over the last two years, competing through all the uncertainty and what the program means to them. So stick around. But before we get to that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you goes out to Kathleen R., Amy M., Lucy S., Kevin K., Becca S., Nina L., DFP, Blake B., Elaine E., Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M., Kristen R., Lori S., Sabrina M., Amy C., Erica S., Milan W., M., and Derek H. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so much. And to all of our Patreons, especially the ones we had back in October of 2020, you played a role in helping to save Alaska Gymnastics because with your help, as well as with our own fundraising efforts, we were able to contribute to help save Alaska Gymnastics. So there's no better time to say thank you than right now. And we hope that you enjoy this interview with Marie, Sophie, Allie, and Marcella. So we're so excited. Obviously, the last time you guys were here, it was right around the time that you found out that the program was going to be cut. And then now here we are two years later, and the program is officially saved for good. How are you all feeling? I'd imagine you must be pretty relieved. Yeah, we have so many emotions. It's been such an overwhelming last couple weeks. Our final fundraising push was so heartwarming because when we posted that graphic that we had 15 days left and you know that's $6,000 in cash which is almost nothing but still it was like hanging over us and finally we just saw that it had come in we had so many supporters contact us dm us call me text me who were willing to step up for that final $6,000 and it was exciting to to feel that outpour And then this last week, once we finally announced it, I think we've all been a little overwhelmed. I said that I was feeling all the emotions and also none at the same time, but I'll let Marcel and Allie answer that for themselves. But it's been, it's been such a roller coaster, such a relief, of course, but also knowing that um, now we have to thank everybody. We don't want to let anybody um, feel like that they weren't a big part of it because, and I mean, you guys too, like, thank you so much for donating to us. You were a big part and just your outpouring support and the continued, you know, news updates on us have been so helpful. And so we know that there's still like so much to do, even though we're technically done. <laughs> um, it has definitely been like, for like the past like month, we like knew it was going to happen because we were so close. But at the same time, it was always like, okay but like what if it doesn't like so it was just like really nice to like the day that it actually like happened it was well it happened and we're all like we like how are we supposed to act like I don't know it was like really just a lot of relief I guess but it was also like when Bobby was saying it's just like roller coaster like it's so good we just wanted to cry but at the same time it was like no I just can't cry right now but it was just a lot but it feels really nice and it's just like exciting to know that I can finish my college career here. It's just like such relief. We're 
for me, one of the sweetest moments um, actually happened recently. We we hosted a little camp um, here in our facility, and it was lunchtime. We were just out in the hallway eating together, <laughs> and it it just was one of those moments that kind of hit everybody. And Coach Boggy and Coach K just both broke down just in the hall. Um, and it was just really, really sweet for me to witness that because I know how much not only did that obviously weigh on us gymnasts, but our coaches did so much more than we could ever imagine. And so it was just really special to see how that was a huge weight lifted off their shoulders because they've been going nonstop every day the past two years. Uh, so can you tell us about some of the fundraising that you guys did over the last two years in order to make this happen? Because you guys needed to raise $888,000, which is a pretty tall order. That's that's no small feat. So did you get a lot of contributions from local donors or was it more of the gymnastics community at large that made such a big impact? So first of all, Allie just made me cry again. <laughs> I just like started going into the next question. And I'm like, oh, she's crying. <laughs> fine. No, we're okay. Um, we did so many different things over the last two years. Um, the majority of our fundraising was definitely grassroots. So we, of course, had the entire team as social media, you guys, everybody knows by now that this was a true team effort. Uh, initially, we called all of the businesses that are in town here in Anchorage, hoping to secure some donations there. We called up on our family and friends, and of course the gymnastics community. I would say that it is all over the entire world where those donations came from. We have an Australian gymnast, so we had some donations coming from Australia even. Uh, I'm from Germany, a lot of my friends and family from back home. So we had some European donations come in, then the gymnastics community all across the United States. And then of course, Anchorage was a big part. Alaska was a big part. And I'm guessing that the actual number is probably slightly the majority from local don donations. But as I said, we truly had a representation of how diverse our team is in our donor base as well. Apart from calling businesses, calling friends and family, we did a lot of social media campaigns. We did a lot of video campaigns that especially the team helped with. We did uh, two silent auctions. We did two virtual competitions. We did a social media challenge, mask up and handstand, the perfect 10 days of giving challenge. We had raffle tickets that we sold. Um, we had a couple in-person events that, were able, that we were able to do a little bit later since COVID was really, really um, impacting us much the first year. But then we were able to host some in-person events that helped us a lot. And we had two leotard and t-shirt sales that were really successful as well. The camp that Ali had just mentioned that brought us also closer to the finish line that we just finished last week. And um, several, several cold calls <laughs> that we tried to get potential bigger donations from some corporate um, sponsors. And those were especially successful towards the very end. Um, the last maybe four or five months, we've been starting to see an increase in support there because we had some folks from the UAA hockey community, since we were tied, um, start helping us out there and, and building some contacts and bridges to those bigger corporate donors who were finally also stepping up, which was exciting to see. And 
we are very fortunate that we had so many different supporters. We really did it with thousands of people truly, because if you bought a t-shirt, you helped. If you shared our social media post, you helped. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really big. Our support is unmatched. I feel like. And last time you were on the show, you said that you were donating half of your paychecks. How long did you do that for? Um, Effectively, the last two years, I worked for one year of salary. But I did it a little different towards the end. So, But effectively, yeah, I worked two years for one year worth of salary, pretty much. That's honestly incredible that you were willing to make that sacrifice. And I think really shows your dedication to the program and how willing you were to go above and beyond and to do everything that you could to save the program. Incredible. <laughs> awesome. We can't even thank her enough. It's, it's great. Allie, you found out about all of this during your first season with the team. Um, and then you were also dealing with this other element, which Marie-Sophie mentioned, COVID. Um, you didn't even get the chance to compete your first year because you had that season canceled, the 2021 season. And then also like the unpredictability of the future and not knowing if your future at Alaska was even guaranteed. So what has it been like for you competing? And then I guess just trying to carry on through all of this, not even knowing what the future was going to hold for you. Yes, definitely. So this past season was just absolutely so, so special. Um, I'm a crier. So every meet when we'd walk into an arena, I'd have to like suck in the tears because it really we really just all felt so, so grateful to be there. But then there was that added extra level of the pressure to soak in the experience because we didn't know if we'd be back the next year. So for me, it just made it all that much more special. Um, And then as the season was ending and we were seeing fundraising pick up, it made it exciting because we could tell our fans, it's the final push. You want to see us again next year, right? So it just all came together and our, our season was just absolutely so special. And I had a blast and can't wait to do it again. What about for you, Marcella? Was there a part of you that was like in the back of your mind? Did you feel like you had to come up with like a backup plan in case, you know, the program wasn't saved because you also didn't know what your future held and, you know, the program wasn't guaranteed. So what was that like for you? Yeah, well, after like the first year that we were like, I guess like January and February of 2020 was, no, 2021. (laughs) It was like really rough because it was like, we were not really close to the goal yet. And it was like, they wanted it by then so we were all like kind of scared at that point and that was like the worst time I guess because we we're all like oh my god like what do we do with our lives like we're not gonna have a team in 15 days like and then when we got like the extra year to like fundraise I think that li- like that gave us a lot of hope it was just like oh hey, we can do it like we, we have a full year like we can do it so then we came into season just like okay I have more hope that's going to be like, we're still going to have an extra year, but it also made us enjoy season a lot. Like Ali was saying, because he was like, well, this might be the last time. So I better like go out. And I actually did got hurt halfway through season. So it was like the last few meets, I was like, oh, I really hope I have the team next year because I want to be like, I have actually never competed at home because I got hurt before we had our first home meet. So it was also really special for me when the team was safe because I was like, oh, I get to compete at home next year and like just it's just really excited that we get another season especially because I haven't even finished one yet so it was just really exciting and just really been nice to like have that. Do you guys feel like this whole experience has brought you guys together closer as a team? Yeah (laughs) yeah especially like 
even uh, for us, my freshman class, like my class, we like first year was just so rough. Like we were all in the dorms like 24 seven. Like we were not gymnasts. Like we were barely in the gym. We had online school. So it was just like, we were all living together technically because we were at the dorms and we we're like right next to each other, which that was great. Otherwise I think it would have been like so much harder because like we always had each other. And it was like a random Tuesday at 2 p.m. And it was like, well, you want to go explore Alaska because like what else can we do? <laughs> and that actually like bond us a lot. So it's nice. And I think it shows um, a lot about everyone on the team, especially for our team last year. Our coaches, they, they told us up front, you know, in August, if you guys don't want to come, we, we support you. You can turn around and go home, do what's best for you. And every single person that started the year, you know, fall of 2020, stuck through the whole year and gave so much, so much of their time, so much of their energy. And then those who, you know, weren't graduating were all back next the next year. And so I think that just shows a lot about how much, not only that we care about each other, but that we're thinking about the future of UAA gymnastics. And we, we really see the importance of college gymnastics. And we've seen it already impact our lives, even though we hadn't even competed yet. It was also like so special just because we all stuck through the worst together. So now like the best is just so much fun because we like already went through the worst. So it's just like, oh, this is easy. This is so much nicer. <laughs> you guys really had like a double whammy though. Like there was, there was COVID and then also the program being in jeopardy. It's like, that is the worst way to start your, not only your college gymnastics career, but like college in general, that just is so, so rocky for you guys. So I'm so glad that now you're on the other side of that and, and better a brighter future and more guaranteed future is ahead. <laughs> For you, Marie Sophie, I have a question about the impact that it had on recruiting. Like, was there still, were you even able to recruit or like, how did that work? And did you still have interest in the program despite the, the uncertain future? There was some distinct differences to recruit for this upcoming class versus the class that joined us last fall. Mm -hmm. The class that joined us last fall was very small. That one was difficult to recruit for. Um, our only true freshman, she actually was friends with somebody who's already on the team. So that's kind of how we got talking and how she became interested in the program because she knew a lot about what was going on, but also had an inside scoop that she felt more comfortable with. Um, I would say that 20, the, the class that came in last fall, that was definitely difficult to, to sell. And it was also difficult to communicate with them that I was confident and that I was optimistic that they're gonna be able to finish out the entire four years of college, but be realistic that there is a chance that they'll have to either transfer or quit after their first year. And that is something that I was trying to be super transparent about, but also trying to communicate how much I believed in the program. So we had a, we had a roster of 14 for this entire competitive season, which is not the lowest that I've ever seen, but also towards the lower end and not something that I was necessarily going for <laughs> or hoping for. But on the flip side, this upcoming class, I have seen such a big shift in the interest in UAA. Um, now that we are officially 
reinstated, we've seen a tick up even more in the contacts. But for even this class that's going to join us the upcoming fall, I think that we've shown the entire U.S., the entire gymnastics community, that UAA is a place that is worth fighting for. And that so many people fought for for two years. So I definitely think that we have some uh, recruits coming in that saw that and that saw the value of our program by our persistence, by our resilience, and by our, our, by our willingness to fight. Because everybody could have ent entered the transfer portal and could have tried to find a new home, but they didn't, right? And so we actually had recruits for the upcoming class that have been following us since day one of our fundraising campaign and that have actually been super active as well, trying to share it, trying to share it with their friends and family, trying to uh, find ways that they can, you know, legally help us, even though they're not quite yet part of the team. And it's, it's really special because some of them have set their eyes on joining us as early as 20, I think 2018, 2019. And they've gone through this entire process of, of seeing us almost get cut, then coming back, being able to continue the fight. And yeah, I've definitely seen a very big difference and we're much more known now, definitely yeah. much more in the public eye. And we've gotten interest from recruits and gymnasts that I've never dreamed of having interest from. So this is really exciting. I hope to be able to continue it. We're trying to announce our freshman class next week. We're just waiting on one more to get cleared and then we'll be ready to announce them. And we're looking at probably, I mean, I've been here for 10 years, the largest roster for the last 10 years. So that's really exciting. Wow. Yeah. And it has to be, that has to feel good coming into a program, knowing to like all the support that you guys have had over the last two years. There's been so many programs that they've tried to cut in the past or that they have cut in the past. And I've never seen a community rally the gymnastics community, people around the world, but also just, I'm sure in Alaska, the local community rally behind your program the way that they did to, to help save you guys. So that has to feel pretty cool for people coming into just to know that like you have so many people that care about you and care about this program and that we're fighting to even give you the chance to come and represent Alaska. So yeah, that has to be, I would imagine so incredible. I definitely think so. And we have a local uh, community that's called the Benton Bay Athletic Lions who've been so helpful and who actually were founded, I mean, years and years and years ago, but in support of UAA athletics. And that's something that has experienced such an uptick again over the last two years because they were needed and they were called up on. And we're so lucky to have them and to have a community that they were able to guide and rally behind us. So I definitely agree with that statement. So for each of you, and, and this applies to you too, Marie Sophie, because you were also a gymnast at Alaska. A lot of gymnasts obviously are now going to have the opportunities that you guys have had at Alaska. So I wanted you to each share if you could, what is the biggest impact that this program has had on you? As a gymnast in club gymnastics, I loved being able to go to college meets. I, ever since I started gymnastics when I was almost 11, my, from day one, I walked in that gym and I told my coach, I want to be a college gymnast. And so just to have that become a reality was so special because I could just feel the energy when I would go to meets and I could feel that it was night and day difference from sitting or competing in a, in a club meet. And then to actually be on the floor this year 
and have those feelings just amplify from here to here. Watching it is amazing. And then being on the floor just goes to there. So for me, that's definitely the most special part about it all is just the emotions and sharing those moments with your teammates because you're in the gym every single day. Season's hard, preseason's hard, training in the summer is hard. <laughs> it's all hard. And the upperclassmen, they always tell, tell us lowerclassmen, oh, it's so worth it. You forget all of the hard days when you're out there on the floor. And that's so true. Uh, for me, well, I was, I did a lead gymnastics most of my early years. So it's definitely like a complete shift. It's like a different way to do gymnastics. I think like, it's just a different word. It's just so like fun. Like, I don't know, in a lead gymnastics, everything's just like more serious. I'm like, this and this. And then I came here and I was like, wait, there's a different way to do it. And still like do the same things. And like, still you can be a great gymnast in a different way. So it was really nice to like, be able to get that while at the same time I was also like I have a big dream of like being the doctor so I was like this is the perfect like the way I can do both things and if I was like if I was gonna go back to Guatemala and do it at home I was just gonna be a doctor but here I had the chance to do both things and I also always look at it like it's the perfect way to finish your gymnastics years like when I was an elite I never knew when I was gonna like be done but yeah. here I know that I walk in and I have four years and I just I've been taking it all in because I know that that's all like that's the end but like it's like the perfect way to close it it just has been so fun and I've enjoyed it so much so yeah that's a difficult question <laughs> because my entire life now for the past 10 years has really been shaped by UA gymnastics I would have never left Germany without UA gymnastics I was pretty late to the recruiting game because I decided on a whim uh, my my club coach from at home was like hey you got more gymnastics in you. I feel like you can definitely get a scholarship in the US and do college gymnastics. And I went home and I was like, well, let's Google what college gymnastics is and like, what, what are we doing here? Um, because I graduated high school pretty young. So I definitely had more gymnastics left in my body. And then head coach Paul Stoklos was just so generous to take a look at um, my gymnastics, at my personality, see if I would be a good fit and recruit me up here, even though I contacted him, you know, very late, I think in maybe February or March, trying to come up in August. <laughs> so that was definitely something that shifted the entire uh, course of my life, because also I always wanted to become a pilot. And in Germany, the way that you would do it I wasn't qualified because I actually was an inch too short to qualify for the program that I had set my sights on. There is other ways, but that was the program that I had set my sights on. And then I came up here and I saw that they had a piloting degree and I was able to do my piloting education and get all the way up to my airline transport certification. And that is something that I'm not sure if I would have done, I, I'm not sure what I would have done in Germany. <laughs> I'm sure I would have been also fine, but- Your life could have been completely different though. It would have been so different. I have hobbies that I've never done before and that I wouldn't be able to do in Germany because they're just illegal. Um, and like, okay, that sounded horrible, but no, I mean, something- like, What are your hobbies? <laughs> no, something as simple as just yesterday, we went dirt biking in the Knick River Valley. Yeah. And that is not something you can do in Germany. You have to have a street legal ATV or dirt bike if you want it. And then you can only ride in like one area or flying even flying. I mean, you can land. We haven't done it in a little bit, but 
last year when it was so pretty, we landed on a random piece of land out in Alaska in the middle of nowhere. And that is something in Germany, they would like, I don't know, they would send fighter jets after you if you tried to divert from your flight plan. So, or I mean, we paddleboard, I just bought a whitewater paddleboard that I'm trying to take down um, some rapids even and, and just those outdoorsy experiences that are so different and distinct from any other place that I've ever been to. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what type of person I would be if it weren't for UA Gymnastics. So it's a really difficult question because it's impacted me for so long and it completely shifted the course of my life completely. I mean, I'm living as far away from home as you could potentially get, but not in a bad way. I still visit home and I still love that Germany trip twice a year or so, but it's just, it's just a different environment. Yeah. that I'm now finding my life in. <laughs> Have you guys done anything fun to celebrate? Like as a team or even individually to celebrate this exciting news? Or do you have any plans? <laughs> so I had, this is a funny story. I have an espresso machine at home and I had this favorite flavor. However, it was a special edition and it was a coconut and they discontinued it in 2019, I believe. And I bought tons I'm saying boxes full of that coffee but I was running out of it right about the time that we initially got cut so my goal was that I would save the last cup of that coconut flavored coffee when we got reinstated and I did for two years it sat in my cabinet very visible right in front and finally, I got to drink my last coconut cup of coffee. And that was like one of the most overwhelming moments of the last two years. But as far as the team goes, it's been difficult. We, I mean, Marcella and Ali are in town. We have um, two more people who are in town. But apart from that, everybody is so spread out. So I'm trying to come up right now. That's actually what I'm working on. I'm trying to come up with some special ways that we can celebrate because all of our student athletes and coaching staff, I mean, Kendra Kennedy, they've done so much too. They deserve a big celebration that's going to hopefully either come in fall or maybe even during season. We'll see what I can come up with. They already know what I'm hinting at, but um, I'm, I'm trying really hard to do something special. But as of now, it's been so spread out. We've just been on group chat a lot together, which has been super nice. I feel like we've kept in contact more this summer than, yeah. than previous summers, which has been special. And what about future goals and plans for the program as a team? And then also maybe Ellie for you and Marcella, individual goals. Well, <laughs> my main goal is to, so I Carmichael last season. So my main goal is first of all, just being able to get out and compete next season, hopefully. I can do beam and bars and we'll see how the other two events go. But that's just right now. That's my goal. Like I was working this summer on my rehab and all the little things I can do. So when I can get clear, I can like come back really easily. So that's my main goal as like myself. Yeah. And then as a team, I think we just really want to, first of all, it's going to be so nice that it's going to be more people. So it's just going to, it's like a bigger team. So it's going to be easier to like reach our goals, I guess, because we're going to have more options. So yeah. I think just, definitely just 
have a new season and like go out there and like improve what we did last year? For me individually, um, I'm just hoping to clean up my gymnastics more, make my gymnastics bigger, better. Um, a lot of people in their gymnastics careers feel like they peak when they're younger and then kind of like plateau. But I feel like, okay, my club gymnastics was not the best, <laughs> but I feel like I just I feel like there's more in me. So I'm excited to just keep on that, that upward slope. And as for the team, I'm really excited to get all of our new freshmen in, like Marcella was saying, how big our team is. I'm just really excited because I can already feel their positive energy. And so I'm really excited to hopefully help them feel comfortable here and have them bring that energy in. And so we can just be even more hype in the gym during practice and out on the floor. I'm just really excited to show them what UA Gymnastics is and hopefully help them have a very good experience too. So this year is, or this summer is the first summer since I've become head coach that our coaching staff feels like we actually can plan. And I mean, we always plan, right? Like we all, we're very, we're very much planned out, but we actually feel like that we can truly look at each of our individual gymnasts and have for some, a four year, even four year plan or a multi-year plan where, where we have very distinct goals for this season and then next season mm -hmm. and that's something that we haven't really been able to do even though we we always talk about it we always make sure that if somebody might have an event that they're not already in lineup we always try to make sure that they're still um, having a goal of progressing and having a multi-year goal of getting that routine for the next season or for their senior year or whatever it is. And we had uh, Rachel Dishes this season, or, or I guess last season now, um, compete her first ever Tenno college bar routine, which was super exciting. And that's something that we are looking forward to doing more and more. And this year, yes, we still had a multi-year goal for the team even though there was that insecurity and uncertainty, but it just feels different. It feels like we can actually lay out our foundation and we can actually build up on um, what, what we've been doing. So I'm just going to give you guys one example. Our, our vault lineup has been a really major area that we've been trying to um, really improve our program because I think in 2017 or 2016 was the last time that we even competed a 10-0 start value. And then this year we had 10-0 start values in our lineup again, which was just so exciting. But now we can improve and now focus on, okay, we, we did those 10-0 start values. We competed them. Um, we got our goal of having five out of six nine, nine start values are higher one time this season, which was great because we finally did it. We've worked so hard, but now we can work next year and be like, okay, we got the start values. Now let's clean up and let's get the high scores that you can with those added start values. And just having that thought of, okay, we've built something. We laid the foundation. We have the difficulty. Now let's clean up the landings for next season. Now let's clean up those legs. Let's clean up the toe point. Um, and being able to think and build is just so special because I do think that we were very careful to not look at this year as a building year because it could have been the last. And that's something that was difficult to balance for the coaching staff. It was also difficult to communicate with the athletes 
how much do you let them feel it? How much do you keep that to yourself? Um, so that's a big, big change for me personally. And I think for coach Kendra, for sure that we're sitting here and thinking about, okay, in, in when, when this person is a senior, what, what do we want to do with them? What do we want to see them, uh, develop into? So that's really special. Yeah. You guys were definitely put in a pretty hard position, but I mean, we're just so excited that the program was saved permanently and you guys are officially on the other side of it and can look ahead to the future with more certainty and uh we can't wait to support you guys i mean we're hoping to come out to a meet at some point yeah you can probably see here we have like our goal our personal goal is we want to travel <laughs> the whole united states so we have a ways to go here but we haven't been to alaska so oh you guys should come You'll love it. so fun <laughs> yes ali i've always seen the pictures that you post on instagram and you make me want to move to alaska because it's just so <laughs> yeah. beautiful there and i just say the pictures don't even do justice yeah that's dumb. the thing it's they're really it's dumb. 10 times better in person it really oh is <laughs> I, yeah, I can't even like fathom how beautiful it probably is. I've probably never seen anything like it in my life. I'm so jealous. Yes, yeah, so we like to travel and obviously we like gymnastics. So when we can combine the two, it's a yeah. good There you okay. go. <laughs> well, our home, our home opener is set. It's going to be January 13 and 15. That one is set. We are working on finalizing the rest of our schedule. So we can hopefully publish that one soon. But of course, we're going to come down to the lower 48 couple times at least because <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to no. don't really have a choice <laughs> but it would be so fun to have you up here in Alaska and we will have two home meet weekends for sure that um, we're looking forward to and then the summer I mean we are here um, not all of us at all times but the summers are really the best you have so much daylight you can do things if you wanted to from 4 a.m to 2 a.m and yes. you would never think that it got night time um, <laughs> that would throw me off though I feel like just having yeah. it being light all the time <laughs> yeah we don't sleep no. enough <laughs> it's kind it's of so hard but like Brooke is Brooklyn's from here and she always tells me like oh this summer's are just so great for us and like this summer I like came earlier so I've been here like all June and July and she's like did I hype it up too much and I was like no you don't no. it's so good it's just so different it's just so great so yeah can you get your bedrooms dark enough to actually sleep yeah blackout curtains yeah. okay yeah <laughs> I feel like we need that <laughs> I actually don't mind my husband does that's why we installed blackout curtains this year I've lived here for 10 years and on in year 10, we got blackout curtains. I'm like, they're pretty unnecessary. But then again, <laughs> me personally, different. Other people are much no. more affected by the sunlight and the sleep schedule for sure. It actually hasn't been that bad for me. I don't have blackout curtains and I like, it takes me a while to fall asleep. But then when I wake up, I wake up around like five and I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, it's five. I still can sleep for two more hours. And I'm kind of loving that. So I don't think I'm going to put blackout curtains <laughs> Yeah, do you lose sense of what time it is? Because, like, you know, you can look outside normally and you can kind of gauge what time it is based off of what it looks like outside. But I, I feel like if the sun was always out, I'd be like, I have no idea what time it is. Yeah, no, a little just, bit. Just the other day, I got done hiking and it was like 11.45 and I turned to Brooklyn I'm like oh let's go to Wendy's and get Frosties and then we like look and then we like pull up the directions it's like it closed like two hours ago <laughs> why did we <laughs> have no possibility <laughs> no you thought it was one in the afternoon <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> well yeah we're excited to eventually go out for a meet um we, we have to we just we have to it's a must <laughs> Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to add or anything you want to say that we didn't get the chance to ask you about? 
always just make sure, and I know we've already covered it, but I've been trying to make sure that every time we're talking to anybody, news, podcasts, newspaper, whatever it is, that truly everybody that supported and donated had such a big impact on the current student athletes, the alumni, because we get to see our program continue. And of course, the future generations. And it did not matter whether you shared the post, whether you gave $5 or whether you were fortunate to be able to give $5,000. We needed every single one of those. I mean, even with the two weeks left to donate, we still, yes, we were close, but we still had $6,000 in cash to go, right? So it was like, oh goodness, um, there's still that, there's still money left to fundraise and we've had this campaign for almost two years. So I just have been making sure to double think mm -hmm. at the very end of each interview and make everybody feel like that they truly had a part in it because every single person and every single dollar mattered. And that was something that we started saying very, very early on in our campaign that every dollar counts. And it came true the first fundraising year, um, like middle goal that we had to, we had to show, which we literally like we met on the dot, pretty much on the cent value. <laughs> and then uh, this year it came true once again that we had two weeks left and we were still a little bit short in cash and everybody who stepped up in whatever way truly made a difference. And every donor is going to be part of UAA's legacy forever, which is something that not many people can, can say. And I think that's something that I always want to make sure I mention at the end. And again, thank you guys. I know you guys donated. I know your um, listeners also donated, which has been very special and very helpful and just keeping us in the headlines and keeping us known in the gymnastics community. Um, there were definitely areas where, or, or times where we got more donations and less donations, but there was always that trickle of, Oh, Alaska competed. Oh, guess what? They still need to fundraise or, or something that kept us in the forefront of everybody's mind. So we thank you guys. And um, yeah, thank you. That's all yeah. I can. That's well, all I want to add. It was nice to have this full circle moment where like we had you on and there was chaos. <laughs> yeah, it was like the program was in jeopardy. There's a lot of money that needed to be raised and like no one really actually knew what was going to happen. And then now here we are and it's all over with and it's great. Happy ending. Yes. yes. I have my, um, is it the auction? Is that the right word? Yeah. Where you yeah. like bed on things. I bet on a leotard and I got that. So I have it hanging in my closet, like in a little shadow box and I have the autograph poster from the team. So it's literally hanging in the shadow box in my room. So. She saw Alaska gymnastics every single day. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you guys so much. It really, the word to describe it all really is for me just special. And cause I was able to be on with you guys, you know, when we first did this two years ago and just reflecting on even just that conversation versus this conversation, <laughs> it's just completely different. And, and the, that full circle really is just very cool. We can always say thank you. Like it was just so much that people did in general, like everyone, it's never going to be overused. We are always going to be able to thank them because they really like, they changed my life for sure. I know they changed my teammates life. And like you said, the people, before us and after us. So it's just like, it's always going to be special. And we're always going to be cool. Well, again, we are so, so happy for you guys. Seriously, like I was like, when I saw that, I was like, no way. <laughs> this is so, we've been waiting for this moment. So yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, a lot of people really did think it was never going to happen. So here we are though, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. You guys, like, this is iconic for you guys. You guys are going down in history. Like I've never seen this sort of support and maybe it has, and I'm just not aware of it, but I've never seen people rally to save a program the way they did for you guys. So that says something about you guys and how much the gymnastics community really values you guys and cares about you guys. I've seen one fundraising effort before UAs for a hockey team in the lower 48, and they were very successful very quickly as well with how much money they raised. But for a gymnastics team in my lifetime, I've never heard it. I've never yeah. been part of it. I've never heard it, but yeah. Usually it's like they cut them and then yeah, like that's the I've end seen, of it. I've seen GoFundMes for a few different programs in the last couple of years and they get money and it's there's support, but there's nothing. I've never seen anything like this before. So I am just so, so happy for you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to come talk with us. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate it. We're always happy to to keep in touch and we were really happy when you guys reached out. And then hopefully we'll see you guys at a meet at some point. Yeah. Yes. You have to. Yes. Either either this season or next season. We're I promise we're gonna make it happen. Buck us up. We'll take you to see the Northern Lights if you come in January. Oh we can look out for you guys. You said in January, that's when we'd have to come. Yeah. I'm winter. like, all right, let's book a date. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, that's during college gymnastics season. That would yeah. be perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, we better start saving our money. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. We want to say thank you again to Marie, Sophie, Allie, and Marcella for taking the time to come chat with us. We love a full circle moment and we hope to make it out for a meet this upcoming season. We're going to have to start saving because we really want to make it happen. So if you're interested in helping us get to Alaska, some of our Patreon funds will likely go towards that in the next few months as we try to save. So if you enjoy the show and you want to get the All Things Gymnastics podcast to Alaska, you should consider becoming a Patreon supporter. There's three different tier levels ranging anywhere from $1 a month to $5 a month, and you get different perks at each tier level. All of the details and everything you need to know are going to be in the show notes down below. But if we could get to Alaska, I don't know, like I'm thinking maybe the season opener would be really cool. Yeah, that would be. That would mean a lot to us. And of course, while we're there, we'll still be producing some content for you guys. But it would be a really special trip. So we just wanted to put that out there. We'd love to make that happen. (laughs) And as always, we appreciate you guys so much and the support that you give us and... It really, truly does make it so we can do some of the things that we're able to do. So we love you and we appreciate you. With that being said, there really isn't too, too much happening in the gymnastics world to give you guys updates on. Um, There was one, I guess there is one big thing. (laughs) There's nothing really going on except one thing that's really big. (laughs) So UCLA and technically USC too, but we only really care about UCLA because they obviously have a gymnastics program and USC doesn't. So it's for a gymnastics fan, UCLA um, will be joining the Big Ten starting in the 2025 season. So that would be like the freshmen from last season. So like Jordan Childs, Brooklyn Moores, Anna Pederariu, all of them, it would be their senior year when they joined the Big Ten, which is kind of crazy to think about. I don't understand this decision at all. Also did not see it coming. I don't know if anybody would have predicted this happening. it's so random though. It's so weird. It makes no sense geographically. Yeah. They're completely opposite sides of the country. 
make it make sense. <laughs> I mean, so I will say initially when I saw this, selfishly, completely selfishly, I was happy because obviously we live in Michigan. The Big Ten schools are the schools that are surrounding us, and we go to those meets the most often. And whenever UCLA comes out near us, it's really exciting and a big deal because they normally don't, like, because they live so far away. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of the point. We've but. seen UCLA and Chrysler maybe two or three times. I want to say maybe Only two. just two. Yeah, yeah, it was regionals one year, and then it was a regular season meet with Utah and UCLA back in, like, 2014. But... Other than, like, regionals that are around us, we don't really get to see UCLA that much because they're so far away. And obviously we're broke and can't just, like, go to California whenever we want. Well, California is expensive to fly to. Like, that, too. Not only because it's so far away from us, but it's also just an expensive The state. entire West Coast is expensive, but that's beside the point, at least for us. I mean, UCLA is going to have to figure this out when they're traveling to the Big Ten schools every single weekend. Well, I think that's a valid concern that people have, though, is in what way is this benefiting the athletes at all or having their best interest in mind um i think they think nil deals will be better in the big 10 and that may be true but also like logistically like you said california is so far away from the east coast and also i guess the midwest depending on what school they're traveling to right. nebraska and iowa are kind of more midwest michigan i don't really know where you would classify but like midwest or don't ask we, me. I'm bad at this I don't, stuff. I don't really think it's East Coast. But, like, Coast. Rutgers is in New Jersey. That's pretty much East Coast. Yeah. So is Maryland. Completely opposite sides. Like, as far as you can get from UCLA. Pretty much. I think it's a lot of unnecessary travel. Also, the money that it's going to cost to send all of these athletes in all the different sports. Like, we're not just talking about football and basketball. We're talking about gymnastics and soccer and lacrosse. And I swear... If if they start trying to cut programs because these schools can't afford to travel, not like you said, not it's not just one sport. It's all of the teams are going to be having to travel for their competitions, their games, whatever it Pretty is. Pretty much the entire regular season. So we're talking two, two-ish months. Yeah, and if, I for some reason, this there's nothing to indicate this. It's just me having anxiety and thinking ahead of all the worst possibilities that can happen. They better not start trying to cut programs because they oh, can't I... afford to travel every weekend all the way across the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's a valid concern to have and something that you almost have to think about. The more I started thinking about it, I just thought of the amount of time it's going to take to travel and how that takes away from school. the athlete's school, their yeah. schedules, their time to rest. It's a lot of travel. The time change, too, which isn't super drastic, but UCLA is three hours behind, I believe, every school in the Big Ten. I, I could be wrong on that, but most of the schools in the Big Ten are uh, in Eastern time. And some are Central. But there's still going to be a couple hour time difference, um, which some people it might not affect, some it might, <laughs> particularly if you're in the East Coast, yes. going three hours you know, ahead <laughs> every weekend. <laughs> and another thing, too, just from like a gymnastics fan perspective is you're taking one of the most watched and the most followed teams and you're putting them in one of the hardest to watch conferences yeah i was gonna say least 
accessible conferences, at least in terms of gymnastics. I don't really follow other sports too closely to be able to speak on it, but I know as a gymnastics fan with the BTM Plus paywall um, and just the quality, the poor quality of the coverage they provide, um, I think it's going to be a really big shock to the UCLA gymnastics team and just different than what they're used to getting. They're mm-hmm. used to being on TV pretty much every weekend on the Pac-12 and network. And Pac-12 is so easy to access. Like, you don't even have to live anywhere near any of the schools and you could get Pac-12 network. Right. And a lot of providers like Sling and I think YouTube TV or YouTube Red or whatever. I think it's YouTube TV. Just pretty much any streaming platform that most people have has access to the Pac-12 network. So it was easy to watch those meets. And Big Ten is just so, so difficult to watch, whether it's on the main network or it's on BTM Plus, which you have to pay additional for. Um, Yeah, they don't have a gymnastics package. Yes. So there's a lot of concerns that I have just with, well, we've had these concerns with gymnasts in the Big Ten as well, but just getting the recognition that they deserve and wondering how this will impact the growing fan base because college gymnastics is continuing to grow and get more and more popular. And you are taking, like I said, one of the most popular teams and putting them behind one of the less accessible conferences paywalls. That makes it hard for international fans to watch. It makes it harder just for fans in general to watch, like we just explained. So there's a lot of things to think about. Yeah, it doesn't really quite make sense. And like you said, yes, I'm excited. Being somebody that lives in a Big Ten state, um, we have technically two opportunities to see UCLA because we have Michigan and Michigan State mm-hmm. both in the Big Ten, and that's great for us being able to see them in person. But, but that's a totally selfish perspective. Yeah. It's not when you look at the broader picture. It's and not how it good. impacts the athletes, the coaches, the fans the internationally, and just other places in the United States. And it's not like the Big Ten is similar to the SEC in terms of like how the gymnasts are just super, super popular and they have a really large social media following and they get all the NIL deals. At least as of right now, I, I don't really see the Big Ten that way. So for them to be advertising it as like, this is going to be great for the athletes. And this is going to be more like, opportunities. In what way? <laughs> Please, yeah. Please share more with us. We're over here in the Big Ten, being like, we need to do what the SEC is doing. What the SEC is doing, and in some ways, even what the Pac-12 is doing. You could argue that a lot of the athletes going to Pac-12 schools are have larger followings and they get more TV coverage and exposure. Yeah, so it's just kind of confusing. I don't get it. Nothing about it seems logical. We'll just put it that way. And I know a lot of people are going to agree with that. So I'm really curious to see what the UCLA gymnasts actually think about it. We're hoping that as we get closer to season, we're hoping to get somebody from UCLA on. We have a couple people in mind that we would like to try and reach out to. But that'd be really interesting to talk to one of the athletes and see what they actually think about it and how they feel. And if it's something they're excited about, if it's something that they hate just to get their perspective, because they're the one that's going to be impacted the most, I would say. Mm -hmm, For sure. But we want to hear your guys' thoughts, as always. So our DMs are open on Instagram and Twitter, and also Facebook. We're all things GymPod. And you can also send us an email if that's more your style. We're all things GymPod at gmail.com. The only other thing that I guess we wanted to give a quick update on, just because we were keeping track of fifth years and transfers and all of that. And it's been a few weeks since we've actually given an update on that. So Cami Hall to LSU. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Did not see that coming at all. So obviously she was at Utah 
her entire career, and she's now taking her fifth year in the SEC at LSU. We did predict seeing a lot of that happening. Um, also, Nora. Did we mention Nora going to Arkansas? I honestly don't remember, but that's a big one. A lot of people were waiting to see if she was going to come back, and then we were all kind of suspecting that she was going to transfer and just seeing where she was going to end up. Yep. But again, another fifth-year graduate student going to an SEC school. And, you know, she has that connection with Kyla Ross and Jordan Weber, so it kind of makes sense that she would go to Arkansas, but I'm all for that. We have Lily Lippiet from... Well, she was supposed to be going to LSU this season? Yeah, she was supposed to be a freshman, I, I believe. Yeah, yes. she was. And now she's going to be going to Clemson. So she's going to have to wait a year mm-hmm. for Clemson's program to actually get started. And that's a really big catch for Clemson. I mean, obviously, like you said, former gymnast, national team member. Um, she's a good gymnast. And yeah, I LSU, think she'll be able to LSU wanted to let her go. So yeah. she's going from... LSU Tiger to Clemson Tiger. But Clemson is going to be a huge program. I think obviously like the school itself is huge and what they're able to provide on the athletic front as far as facilities and treatment. Well, you have to remember now with Clemson launching a gymnastics program, there's actually going to be an ACC conference, which... We're not super familiar with that in the gymnastics world because we've never had it before. I think actually one time it, it did exist like many, many years ago, like for oh, one really? year. For one year, I believe. No, don't, no one hold me to that. <laughs> but when I was doing my story... We need a fact checker. Right. Well, when I was doing my story on Clemson and I was doing some research, I believe I saw that. But anyways, it was forever ago and it, it's never really been a thing. Yeah. Now it's going to be a thing. So there's going to be the ACC conference and the ACC is one of the power five conferences along with the Big Ten the Pac-12, um, the SEC, and the Big 12? Yeah, I think it's the Big 12. I mean, I feel like I'm missing someone else. Either way, you get, you get what I'm saying. It's one of the big conferences, and that's big. And I think that's going to help get them some big recruits. And also, like you mentioned, it's a school with money. Um, they're building a brand new gymnastics facility. They're building all kinds of new facilities on their campus. And we're this gymnastics team. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of the programs, one of the new programs that gets off the ground running right away and is more likely to be a quote-unquote big team and make, kind of make a impact even in the rankings and stuff. Because they're going to have bigger recruits. Yes, I was just, yep, you took the words out of my mouth. In terms of what they can provide academically and athletically, they're going to be able to get some of those bigger recruits or transfers from other schools like we're already seeing too. A yeah. lot of the... Utah State gymnast like Brie Clark was a freshman this year she's a really big one that stands out and she's so good oh yeah she was like 9925 plus every <laughs> single week on floor we had her on our fantasy team our she's, fantasy team really appreciated Brie Clark well and she's good on vault and she you wouldn't look at her and think that she's good on beam but she actually is pretty good on beam too so she's the one that does the bios by the way if you guys ever remember seeing a gymnast doing a bios like in club gymnastics <laughs> that's her <laughs> But anyways, she's going to be at Clemson as well as some other gymnasts from Utah State. So they're shaping up to have a pretty good class with Lily Olivia. Mm-hmm. We also have Gabby Galantine from Florida to Penn State. That was another one that was surprising to a lot of people. I'm not too surprised to see it just because she wasn't really getting a whole lot of action in the lineups with the depth that Florida has. She's really talented on bars and honestly in other events as well. I'd love to see her. And I think that going to a school like Penn State, she'll really get a chance to shine and potentially even be like the star of that Mm -hmm. team. Oh yeah, she's a big catch for Penn State for sure. 
And the last one that I have written down, and again, I am not 100% certain if we had mentioned this in another episode. I don't think we did, but our girl, Abby High School, taking a fifth year. It's funny because I remember on the, I think it was our Nationals episode, uh-huh. we were on the same flight as the Michigan team. And so we had talked to Abby in the airport and she had told us that like she was content with her career and she was just, you know, ready to move on. And yeah, she was, her body was feeling good. It wasn't just like a, my body needs to be done thing. Just mentally, she was fine with her career and the things that she had achieved. Yeah. She felt like she had done everything that she could have ever have dreamed of doing. She was at peace. Yeah, and so we were surprised, but also super, super excited because we love high ski and we get to watch her gymnastics for another year when we didn't initially think that we were going to. Yeah, I was already kind of... us. Yeah, I was kind of... Well, she sounded like when we talked to her, she was like... We were convinced. We were like, for sure, she's done. Well, so from what we've heard, it sounds like it was... More of a recent change of heart, yeah. just because she she was going to grad school, but she ended up changing what she was going to be majoring in, and she wasn't sure like what she wanted to do, like career wise going forward. And, and she so was they gonna... were like, "Why not just take an extra year to figure it out?" Well, and she was going to be in the area anyways. Her boyfriend is taking his extra year, and he's on the men's team. So it sounded like it was just kind of more of like a recent decision, but. We're here for it. I feel like I was starting to, I was already in the grieving process, you know, <laughs> accepting the fact that she was going to be gone as well as Abby Brenner. I mean, obviously Natalie's coming back and that's great. But yeah, when we found out that she was coming back, I was like, hell yeah. Because <laughs> the team could use her, honestly, still. I feel like she's so, so good on bars and on vault. Honestly, every event, we will just be so, so blessed yes. to have her back for another year. I will take her wherever I can get her. <laughs> But anyways, this off-season in gymnastics has been so chaotic. There's been so many unexpected transfers and just changes. Things that, like, I never in a million years would have predicted. Even things that didn't actually end up happening. There was a lot of stuff. At one point in time, people trying to go in the transfer portal or even thinking about transferring that you would not expect. Yeah. It's just been, like, absolute chaos. I'm kind of here for it, though. It's what makes it fun, right? It keeps us entertained in the off-season and, honestly, just more and more excited for next season to begin. I'm already so, so ready. I know. For some reason, the 2021 Big Ten Championships were on our TV last night. And so we started watching that. And I'm like, ugh, can it be season already? Like, I don't want this off-season stuff. Like, I want it to be season now. College gymnastics season year-round. Let's go. (laughs) That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another interview. We're not going to say who it is just yet. We're going to keep you guys on your toes, keep you in suspense. But we'll give you a little hint. It is a gymnast who is transferring. For their fifth year. Yes. And we're very, very excited about that. So stay tuned. And we hope you guys have an incredible week. And we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.